I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking the Batman Adventures annual number two. So no to read pile, no letters column. We're just tackling the annual and uh, I tackled Mad Love. So Jason, balls in your court, my dude. This week is the Batman Adventures annual number two, starring Batman and Etrigan the Demon with Paul Dini on co-plot and story. Glenn Murakami and Bruce Tim co-plot and art, Glenn Murakami on colors, Starkings and Comic Craft on the letters, Darren Vincenzo, Vincenzo assistant editing, and Scott Peterson on the big boy edits. On the cover, we have a tense scene with Etrigan trying to pry himself out of a giant demon claw with glowing eyes in the background and Batman's hanging on for dear life, winding up his loose hand for a hard punch with a Kirby crackle glowing in the background. Dude, Love this cover, cover rips. Yeah, this cover, cover is so good. Also, real real quick, I just want to yeah. shout out, uh, Mike Royer inked it, and he was the original inker for The Demon, the original Jack Kirby run in like the 70s. Oh, no shit. I'm, I'm going to apologize to Mike Royer right now because, oh, it's not... Oh, you did mention it. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, I think you did mention it last week. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. uh, written in the credits. I wanted to. No, it's not, it's not written in okay. the credits, but it's, uh, the Bruce Tim signature is on the cover with Royer next to it. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. And then in preparation for this episode, I was like, I'm going to read all of the demon. I did not read all of the demon. I've been very busy, but I did read the first issue and I noticed Royer inked that. I noticed the name. It spread. It like jumped out at me because of this cover. I was like, "Oh, same guy." Yeah, that is. I'm now. I'm now remembering me. Uh, remembering me. I'm remembering you telling me. I'm also remembering myself right now. Yes, we're all remembering everything that we're currently experiencing in the past, in the future. We're all remembering <laughs> where I'm going with this. <laughs> Jason, take us into the issue. (laughs) We begin our tale with a matter-of-fact narration. 112 River Street, Gotham City. Here, five strangers will share a destiny. We go on to meet the night guard checking a racing form, a cleaning woman waxing the floor, a junior lawyer burning the midnight oil, and a cabbie rounding the rear entrance of the building, and a jogger at the end of his nightly run. All of them taken out by a giant explosion on the next page that fells the entire building. Batman is alerted from the distance. Obviously, because, you know, a building just teetered and fell over. Uh, if, if I was Batman, though, I'd be like, eh, somebody else could handle this one. I'm going yeah, like, to call. <laughs> I'm going to call Superman. <laughs> yeah, this is a whole building, you know. Hey, yeah, farm right, boy. Exactly. exactly. Hey, farm boy, I got a job for you. Yeah. Through the smoke of the wreckage, we see a familiar silhouette come into view, flanked by frogmen or henchmen. It's Rachel Ghoul. Sure, some people died, families have been ruined, and it'll take years to clean up the wreckage of this exploded building. But the man knows how to make an entrance. 
dude, the drawings of Raish when he's like coming into view and then speaking to the to the guards on this page are so good. I feel like I'm going to say that a lot. I don't mean to repeat myself, but like Bruce Tim drew the hell out of this thing. It's oh. it looks so good. Yeah, one of my favorite things about uh, Ray Shagul as a character is that like, okay, he's like functionally immortal, but like that's about it. Like he's not like physically imposing. You you rarely see him like take right. down like you know like a crowd of goons or something like that. You know, but right. he's I, I don't know, just like that that kind of like weird old man menace. I guess. <laughs> I I mean. He's like a strong fighter. It feels like he's the anti-Batman. Like he's Batman, but deciding to commit genocide instead of save people, you know? That's true. Raj barks orders to his henchmen that the object is hidden underneath the building cornerstone. They must not delay and get the tablet before the fire spreads. The tablet they're looking for is located quickly, but Batman shows up just in time to take out one of the henchmen. Raj sighs. Why am I not surprised? Shoot him! As we get some, <laughs> as we get some sick ass guys in wide stance, just spraying bullets. Just yep. Never get sick of like a wide stance. Yeah, they're when they're in the fire too. Uh, they change the color from like Batman's normal blue and gray to like a, a brown and gray to like make Batman a little warmer through this page works so well. Oh yeah. Yeah. The the color in this entire issue is. Oh, it's so good. Really, really good. But the sparks from the ricocheting bullets mix with the gas that's leaking and sets the whole scene ablaze. Ray shouts at them for being idiots for not thinking of the gas after he just told them to shoot. (laughs) And then we are. I didn't pick up on that myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I've, I found it pretty funny <laughs> it sounds like something I would do <laughs> you yeah. fucking idiots why'd you listen yeah. to me <laughs> shoot them oh you idiots you're shooting at them <laughs> yeah it's my, it's, my, it's my favorite easy joke from a villain it's like why am I like my favorite scene in uh, the movie Hook is when uh, Captain Hook is about to kill himself and he goes don't stop me Shmi don't stop me don't stop Shmi what are you doing stop me Shmi why aren't you stopping me you should be stopping you. <laughs> Jason, it never occurred to me that that's a children's movie with a suicide attempt in it until just this <laughs> just this very moment. And it's it's kind of throwing me a little bit. But continue, continue with the issue. After the flames start from the bullets flying and the gas leaking, we're treated to some just beautiful and there'll be plenty of it in this issue. Just some beautiful Kirby crack Kirby crackle fire. You know, and have I mentioned just uh, how awesome Jack Kirby is yet? I just. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a running theme in this issue for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Through the fire, not through the wire, but through the fire, Batman begins working on these henchmen. Mm -hmm. This gives Rage enough time to continue with his main goal, the previously mentioned tablet. He warns his one remaining henchman to uncover the tablet only to lay a hand on it without the proper incantation. Stop! You, you, you fool, as the henchman dis- declares that he's found the tablet. And what does this henchman get for touching the tablet? Well, a body full of blue demonic energy just, just bursts forth from the thing with these gnarled yeah. claws and teeth. 
and he's just sucked straight into the tablet as Batman comes over to see what the hell all this screaming was about. And you hear a stern, be wary, detective. The tablet does not discriminate its victims, which I, I just always appreciate how how proper rage is just even yeah, after yeah when one of his employees just got sucked down the hell apparently it's a, it's a, he doesn't care about that uh no. i love too that he's like the tablet does not discriminate its victims and uh batman's just like tablet like he's he's just in the, he's like i don't know what's going on i'm responding to a building that fell over yeah yeah what well, yeah and Razor's like yeah of course you don't know about the tablet you never read my text messages i see it I see, it says unread you know you can tell these days if the other person read it or not batman yeah Rage is like, like you, you never you never keep up with my blog you never yeah. do <laughs> son of a bitch batman is kind of confused as to what in the living heck he's talking about tablet but you know <laughs> He's brained on the back of the head while Rage starts reciting some probably Latin-adjacent gobbledygook, making the tablet safe to be held by him. He's been searching for it for 200 years. The henchmen then hench up Batman as Rage, you know, tells him, you murdered innocent people for a worthless piece of stone? Rage is offended by this. He's like, this worthless piece of stone is my first step towards paradise, detective. He's still, again, very formal, even when he's committing terrorism. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like he's 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 a genocidal maniac, but he's not rude about it. That's true. Which that's true. Which I guess, you know, says, says something, says something. Back in the day, those genocidal maniacs, at least you could bring them to a nice dinner, you know, and like. <laughs> I feel like you could bring Raish to a nice dinner. That's a good point. I think that he would kill everyone in the room but he would be polite through dinner before doing so yeah yeah he wouldn't make a scene at least no no he doesn't make a scene. yeah you could have at least a final yeah a nice final meal after batman shouts that rage is mad he says he prefers the word visionary and then orders the henchmen to silence him they oblige by beating the crap out of him until he's told to stop rage leaves the beat up batman in the building's rubble with a somber Farewell, detective, as the flames continue to engulf the scene. And smash cut to 45 minutes later, or someplace else in the city, the exterior of a tall apartment building, in the apartment lit only by a single fireplace with a figure sitting with their back to us, facing the fire. Batman's hand is opening the window. Good evening, the figure sitting in the dark chair offers. Jason Blood, Batman replies. Batman, is it? Jason Blood finishes his sentence that Batman so rudely interrupted. So I do want to point out real quick that this is so this is Jason Blood. Anybody who knows Etrigan knows that Jason Blood and Etrigan are kind of the same person. But this whole issue is written from the point of view of Batman is not into magic. He's like very like bare bones, like science based. He does not think yeah. magic is necessarily real. So like we're about to have this like conversation with Jason Blood about like everything going on. Uh, the only reason I point that out is because there is an Etrigan episode in Batman Adventures in uh, the last season that is 
a fucking banger, dude. Uh, it's so good. And I don't know if they were inspired by this to bring Etrigan onto the show or or what. But uh, yeah, so Batman, they, they've never worked together before. Just want to make that clear. Does he does he rhyme on the show? Oh, he definitely rhymes on the show. Yes. And then like he and Batman, you know, fight back to back. But like, I, I forget exactly how this happens, but uh, Etrigan gets kind of like um, separated from Jason Blood. And then Jason is like in an apartment helping Batman fight magical enemies by like casting spells that augment Batman's ability. So he like splits into like 10 Batman or he'll like body will erupt in spikes, you know, like stuff like that. It's, it's a really well, fun episode. Well, yeah. So he's, he's, he's just buffing him because he clearly knows yeah. that, that he's, he's primarily the healer and Batman's the tank, you know, pretty so much. Like, Pretty much, Jason. Yeah, Jason Blood knows the knows the good dynamics of a par, of a good adventuring party. Like, okay, exactly. okay, I can't. Exactly, ba- Batman's going to be the tank. I'll let him. You know, he's got four attacks anyway. So, like, you know, all right. All yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Looking up, annoyed that his reading of a book with a giant pentagram on it got interrupted, Jason Blood asks Batman, "Have we met?" No, they haven't. But Batman informs him that he helped out Bat Pal Jim Gordon on a spooky case a while back. He was impressed with what he heard. He gets right down to it and asks if he's familiar with Ra's al Ghul. As Jason Blood gets up from his chair and replies that Ra's has been for two centuries, that man has been making my existence miserable, warring over talismans, artifacts. Batman is a bit taken aback that this middle-aged man with a shock of white hair could be that old. And Jason is like, Ra's isn't the only one that knows the secrets to immortality. Batman lets him know what just went down, what with the building collapsing and the tablet and the guy being sucked into it and, you know, all, all of that stuff. And he's like, what, what, what the hell is, what, what's going on here? A summoning tablet, Jason Blood, Blood says while stoking the fire. He's always feared it would fall into Raj's hand. <clears throat> Keep on oscillating forth between Raish and Raj, but. Raish and Raj, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, I you know what it could go either way. I always say Raish, but uh, I've heard Raz before as well. Raz Al Ghul. Yeah, yeah so, I, I was. I don't know. I was so happy to when I was a kid to have been first introduced to him through uh, the animated series. I know he's not an animated series like original or anything. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, but, like I was so happy to just first encounter him there. Because when I then saw it spelt later in the comic books, I'm like, I would have had no fucking idea, man. Yeah, right, right. Would have been real in the weeds. Yeah, especially <laughs> teenager me. I'd be like, what, what What? are all these apostrophes doing in a name? And how yeah, am I supposed yeah, yeah. to pronounce them? By the way, speaking of Ra's al Ghul and his first appearance in the comics, his first appearance is about to be collected into an omnibus of, I think, Neil Adams Batman stuff that DC is about to put out. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I, I'm a little bit a little bit interested. A little bit interested in that. Oh, Neil Adams. There is a man, there 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 is a golden age artist. I have not well, I guess he'd be more of a silver age guy, right? Yeah. So I'd say silver age, yeah. Yeah. Silver to modern, but like more silver age. Yeah. There there's but still there there's like a, a classic like Titan of of uh, American comics that I have not yeah, I've I'm, not visited his stuff in in a in quite a long time. 
I'm kind of curious, like if they're going to do the modern coloring in the omnibus, because, uh, I went back and read some stuff from the seventies in the DC app and they were doing like, there was an episode that we did. Oh gosh. Which one was it? It was the episode where it was like all the different animal creatures. So it was like the cat man and man bat and like another guy, they were all like colliding and they were like Catwoman was there. And, uh, and it was, oh, a yeah, reference, yeah. it was a reference to an episode, um, like a werewolf episode that they ran on the animated series, which was also in itself a reference to an actual comic book that Neil Adams did back in the day. And so I mentioned it on that pod and I read it and it was like all modern coloring. And I was like, this sucks. I, w- I want, th- I want the legit old school stuff. Yeah. Like I, w- I wish I could remember their name, but I saw a few times the same person popped up in my timeline on Twitter, kind of going through like, uh, here's, here's a page of like a modern recolored, you know, of like a reprint. And he's yeah. like, here's how awful it is. Here's how I would have done it and put up just like a much better, just like much closer yeah. to the original and just, you know, slightly little, 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 little bits like, you know, here and sure. there. And it's like, it's like, yeah, man, you, you know what a good analogy for this is for, for like the, the modern colors. It's like someone like listening to just like, you know, freaking like original Beatles recordings on like a reel to reel tape, like through like mono. Right. And then going yeah. like, and then going like, you know what, this could really use bass boost and just like <laughs> hit something on like their JBL. Like, no, man, no, <laughs> no, no. I actually, uh, I was chatting with, um, an old DC editor and, she was talking about like reprints and stuff like this in color. And uh, I was telling her, I was like, I would happily like Jason. And this is true. I would happily not do any new comics and just work on reprints like 70s era bat books and DC stuff. Like I'd happily do that if like, like lovingly restoring them. But the problem is, is that the reprints like don't make a ton of money. And so you can't really hire somebody at a high page rate to like recolor everything in, in loving fashion. You just kind of yeah. like high, the way it works is a lot of times they'll hire a studio and the studio will like kind of sprint through it and they'll, they'll give them a bottom of the barrel page rate, but then they'll be like, okay, we're going to, but we're going to lock you in for like, you know, 10,000 pages or whatever. So like, yeah. So like, it's not the most skillful stuff with that, with that kind of stuff where it's like getting recolored, but like DC gets it at a low rate, they get to put it out and then it like sells as much as it sells. And they like, you know, recoup a profit because they were able to get such a low rate. So it's like, you know, it's debatable if it's like, is it good that they did this at all? Like, I'm glad it's in print, but I would have liked the original stuff. Well, that see, that's the thing that's baffling to me from like, you know, I'm not like a marketing expert or anything, but like most of this stuff, like, you know, reprints of old Kirby work and things like that, like as much as I would like it to be in like super high demand, you know, like it's not. And so, but, so like my, my, my question will always be, what are these like, 
ultra modern colors on these like classic books, who are they for? Because the people who want to buy these reprints and the people who will buy them anyway, while not liking the, the, the modern coloring aren't going to be happy with it. And you're like, you're my, my 13 year old nephew is not going to be like, Oh man, I wouldn't have read this otherwise. Like he's not going to read it anyway. He's not going to read it at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't doesn't give a shit about new gods or fourth world. Like, yeah, yeah. He should though, Jason, he he should, he should. should. (laughs) Jason, are you being a good uncle? If you're not, if you're not teaching, preaching the good word of the new gods <laughs> i suppose i suppose not but i guess i was waiting to you know maybe you know what he is 13 he's so he's a man now according yeah, to jewish older. tradition yeah. at least like you know yeah, we're not yeah. jewish but you know I'll, I'll just i'll just uh you know take the uh, torch from them and be like okay yeah, you're yeah, a man yeah. now here's jack kirby's <laughs> new gods so let's see back to ah so a summoning tablet Jason Blood says, while uh, while stoking the fire, he always feared it would fall into Ra- into Raj's hands or Raj's hands. You know, yeah, pick one. Potato, potato. Yeah, yeah. If I if uh, I ever was fighting Raj, by the way, I I would call him potato, potato. <laughs> hey, it's old potato, potato. Hey, it's Raj. No, it's Raz. It's potato, potato over here. <laughs> you just you just I, turn. I don't the- know why I'm also from like Brooklyn. Hey, I'm walking here, Raish, Raz, whatever your name is, Potato Potato. What, you just, Jason, what happened to me? I blacked out for a second. No, no, no. I think, honestly, I think you're onto something there. I think that would be like one of the, I think that's the only way you can take him down. I think that's why Batman hasn't beat him yet. You know, because Batman yeah, doesn't right. kill anyway, but can't kill him because he's immortal. But I think if you just like, an, a, annoyed the hell out of him in that way (laughs) that certain people who are just too dumb to understand that they're annoying the person would like make him kill himself he'd be like no more lazarus pits for me i can't i I can't do this it would either it would either be that or he would like double down on genocide he'd be like the human race has gone on long enough (laughs) or 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 he would go hmm Potato, potato. That does sound very menacing. I, <laughs> potato, potato, shall cleanse the earth. Uh, so anyway, tell me about the summoning tablet. Okay. While Jason Blood is, he's kind of reminiscing now. So we get we get a nice uh, flashback, just like thrown straight into it in full adventure comic glory, which I just love immediately. Out as you like turn the page, there's. A, a South American pyramid and Jason blood and like the period specific garb. Like, you know, I felt like it was like a, like from like a Terry and the pirate strip, you know? Oh yeah. Like was, Every, everybody's swashbuckling at this point. Oh yeah. Swashing just so many buckles. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's, so Jason's telling a story and we get a voiceover of once again, the tablet, left a trail of death in its wake there's just this like beautiful silhouettes of dead bodies piling up behind jason blood as he's you know montagingly marching his way through south america jason marches up the pyramid into the inner chamber and recites the incantation to safely remove the tablet and as soon as the tablet's in his hands he is attacked by rage in a 
frilly shirt and a boss ass hat and his hench archer men. So he's yeah. still got henchmen even back then, but this time they're archers. They're archers in loincloths. It's pretty great. Again, it's just amazing. And then like as as soon as I saw that scene too, because I'm so uh poisoned by by media, I guess, it's like the uh the Venture Brothers theme song just immediately started playing in my head. <laughs> it's so adventure comics it's so adventure comics it's so good it is and i I love adventure comics adventure comics are Mm -hmm. great so jason is forced to hand the tablet over and he tries to reason with rage telling him how dangerous it is but his move his men move in for the kill this is where jason says that he has a ally of sorts that helped him out that day with with Jason Blood convulsing on the ground, shaking, transforming into the terrifying demon, it starts raining hellfire down on Rage and his men, demanding that the tablet be given to him. Give the tablet to me. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the pyramid begins to just like crumble and fall apart amid all this beautiful Kirby crackle of fire. A giant stone plummets to the ground, separating Rage from the tablet. He's stuck, and the pyramid's collapsing. Uh, he makes his getaway as the demon cackles in the burning rubble of the pyramid, which is just such a... I, I, I oh, love man. that shot. That and shot it, is was, so good. It, it's like Rage in the foreground, like almost in silhouette, looking in the back of the like crumbling, on-fire temple. And... Nothing is combustible in this temple. It's all stone. So, so it's like hellfire all over the place. And you have the demon holding the tablet up and he's just like so happy with himself. Yeah. Just cackling in the background. Yeah. Well, was, was, I, I thought that like so, that's such a great introduction of, of the character. Yeah. Like especially if like you didn't really know about this character yet and you're like a kid just like reading mostly Batman adventures. You know, you get sure. just, just this like insane demon who just like he's yeah he's insane and he's from hell so like everything's funny to him because he's a demon from hell why wouldn't it be (laughs) yeah yeah so back in the present day jason is wrapping up his history lesson and he explains that the tablet cannot be destroyed by mortal means which is why he hid it in the foundation of old gotham batman asks him you you said this here tablet summons a murderous spirit Blood grimly tells him of hack. I, I'm choosing to pronounce that as hack. I, I, it's H A A H K is is the demon. Yeah, I'll I'll just say hack. Yeah, let's yeah. just say hack. The the tablet summons hack, one of the major archfiends of hell. Rage would be unstoppable without him. As they're trying to suss out where Rage will have to do this ritual, hollow ground somewhere, Jason uh, tells Batman, Talia kicks the door in and shoots Jason Blood in the chest. Batman. You almost, you almost kicked the damn microphone in on that one, too. <laughs> hey, gotta, you know, it's the, yeah, it's, that's yeah. the it's, it's that Sicilian side, you know, they're talking yeah, with your yeah. hands. <laughs> Talia kicks the door and shoots blood in the chest. Batman, injured, shocked, betrayed, shouts her name. Talia. She explains she was only here to neutralize Jason Blood, but 
both of you shall have to sleep until this is over. As Talia's figure grows ever more blurry, Batman opens his eyes, realizing he's trapped somewhere. Underwater? How deep? He reaches for above, instead to be confronted with a green new goddess towering before him. She easily takes Batman into her palm, closes her fingers around him as he screams in silent terror, what the hell is going on? And the light explodes from her now-closed fists. Batman is again floating somewhere, somewhere deep. Talia, Talia's there, out of the haze. He's confused, but in love. This is Talia, you know. This is Talia. They both move in for a deep kiss, but as Batman pushes her away, her body's now suddenly a decayed corpse, and the scene is turned red, and he shoves aside her brittle skeleton that just falls into a heap into some deep, dark, red lake he's standing in, and bubbling up from where the bones fell, a maniacal rage engulfed in flames emerges, screaming for Batman with this just like insane look in his eyes, and he immediately goes through for his throat, and Batman wails as flames just fill his head. And then the new goddess fist opens for a moment, bringing our boy back from the nightmare. She's now holding a bell, Giant for us, normal size for her. That must be fun. (laughs) Ringing the bell to let Batman know that this trip is over. He awakens groggy and hungover. Jason Blood is still passed out beside him on the floor. With stars around his head, he looks out over the city towards where church bells are ringing. Ah, hallowed ground. This scene... I was like, I what the hell is loved going? it. It's so good. But I was like, who is this this green new goddess? Like I so I was trying to like figure out who this character was because I was looking on like some of the Wikipedias for this issue and they'll like list all the characters. I just bumped the mic. I'm doing it too now. I'm talking with my hands. They'll list all these characters that are like, you know, part of this issue. You know, Hack is in the issue, Raish, uh, Etrigan, uh, Batman. But like this, this green, like Kirby-esque, like new god person who is in like Batman's dreams, like kind of like ushering him into the solution of what the like hollowed ground was. Nowhere mentioned. So I don't know. I don't know if this is just like a one off and it's 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 like in and out. We're just doing like a Kirby thing and that's it or like what? Yeah, I, I, I thought about I thought about looking it up, but I didn't really think that like not that like I have all like the new God like characters memorized, but like I, I couldn't think of anything that or, or at least any character of any significance. So I thought it was either some obscure like uh, Jack Kirby DC character or sure. something that they just made up as like a a send up to you know just a tribute sure. to i mean this this entire issue is a tribute to jack kirby and in, in, in the, yeah, the most yeah. and it's a it, beautiful way i also feel like so much of jack kirby's work is incredibly psychedelic and they just wanted to do something weird mindscape like kind of thing they wanted to inject that in there somewhere and they were like oh we'll do it here yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing about Kirby that's like always like 
especially the older I get. And like, as you talked about, like, you know, you didn't really get him until you were a little bit older, you know, like you didn't really get Jack Kirby that much when you were a kid. And like, I kind of got, you know, I got him in a different way when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I loved him because like the art was just so crazy, you know? Yeah. And when, and whenever I tried to uh, copy Kirby art, the way I would try to copy, like, you know, the way you do when you're a kid, you copy McFarlane and whoever else. And whenever I would try to copy Kirby art, like that's what taught me that like, oh, this shit's hard actually, <laughs> you know, because right. like, because yeah. like you're 12 and it looks like, oh, I can draw like that. And you're like, fuck, no, I can't. Jesus, man, there was a there was a gosh, maybe two years ago now, there was a thing floating around where uh, somebody some like dumb comics gator nonsense i don't even remember the specifics but uh somebody was saying that jack kirby isn't all that great i think it had to do with nazis because jack kirby famously hated nazis yeah (laughs) went to world war ii to fight them uh specifically i do do you know the story about jack kirby about like the nazi that came to the uh marvel offices and he was like I'm going to roll up my sleeves and knock this motherfucker out. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, t- it took like two people to hold like all five, four of them back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he was saying he was like taking some screenshots and it was like cherry picking some stuff to be like, this guy isn't that like, why is he the king of comics? Like, he's not that good. And it was like, you know, Jack Kirby, his strengths are not in like, you know, getting the face like perfect and and uh especially with women like he has he's a very like boxy angular like wild style and i think that when you try to make like a seductive woman in a jack kirby book it doesn't necessarily read super well but that's not where his strengths are you know what i mean like that's not the dynamic like panel to panel innovation that he was doing and like just the poses and everything that he was doing are so strong. And his design language is such foundational comics that I was just like, oh, this idiot is just showing his whole ass out here. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. We're trying to dunk on Jack Kirby and not understanding like why everyone gets it but you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the wild and the wild swings that he took just 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 with his just with the art like just with like from like a drafting standpoint of the art the wild swings of like oh man ah, it's so i'm good. just gonna i'm just gonna draw it like this because i think it looks cooler this way i know it's not right. realistic and technically right. this left arm is twice as long as the right arm and it's not really foreshortened or anything like that but like yeah fuck it you know it's just yeah. gonna look great right. like it's yeah. just master well, cartooning master cartooning. Oh, yeah. Also, what a, what a, speaking of what which, I was. Speaking of which, just a quick note of Bruce Tim drawing uh, sexy Talia. Uh, very, very good. In, in Bruce Tim's wheelhouse in that moment. <laughs> Bruce Tim just loves, like, I, I think I brought it up in the, maybe in the Mad Love uh, episode, but like, it reminded me of a, reading a quote from uh, Adam, Adam Hughes, I think, where he mm-hmm. was just like, where they were like, oh, like, why do you draw like ghosts or something like that? And he's just like, I just really like to draw sexy ladies. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. he's just like, I just like to draw sexy ladies, man. I'm like, you know what, Adam? Like, you, Bruce Tim, you, you fucking Bruce do Tim you, can man. Truly draw anything, but he likes to draw sexy ladies. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So we have a smooth transition to a gothic cathedral in front of, in front of a blood-red sky. Rage is explaining his master plan of summoning Hack as the henchmen are preparing the summoning circle. Only those under the protection of the tablet will be spared by the Lord of Pestilence's plagues. Uh, Rage explains, once their, once their world is purified, he will send them back to hell. Speeding to the cathedral in the Batmobile, Jason Blood is still hung over from the drugs that knocked him and Batman out. Hey, do you think uh, Batman partied super hard in his training, you know, to like build his <laughs> resistance to all drugs? I think you think that's think he, why he's okay. I think he probably was like at, at some point in his training, spent a couple of years where he's just like, I'm just going to drink small amounts of poison. Like this is all I'm going to do for the next year is drink poison every day until my body has developed an immunity. I, I was, I was picturing more that he uh, took an entire two years to uh, hitchhike around Europe and just like go to the most like disco techie, dear funky beats, like dance oh, clubs. Man. If, <laughs> just if that was true. The thing is, is that we just read shadow of the bat 41. I think it was 41, maybe 42, mm. 43. I can't remember. Oh, with with, um, uh, with 90s guy to the max. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, the band links and Robin's like, here's how music works. And he's like, okay, okay. So I don't, I don't think Batman has done any partying at all. <laughs> no, no, but I, I do, I do like to picture him in like, in like just the cape and cowl and then like underwear. And in one of those like clubs, <laughs> one of those like hu huge dance clubs that they have at resorts, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that like spray foam everywhere right, too. Right. And everyone's just on Molly and he's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got a, yes. he's got one of those like baby binkies in, in his mouth that he's just whipping around like sparklers or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 he's he's very he's very conscientious about it. Like he might be rolling face, but he has like extra stuff on his <laughs> utility belt to hand out to people if they're freaking out, you know, like little testing uh, kits to make sure they're not getting anything bad. Like he's safe with it. He's still bad. He's man. safe with it. Yeah. You know, he's, he's still yeah. bad, man. So in this in this Jack Kirby tribute episode, you decided we're going to talk about Batman rolling face. That's what that's what we decided to do, Jason. Well, what I, what I what I was doing the write up, especially, but when I was reading through it first, and when I was doing the write up, it just it made me. I couldn't help but think that like Batman woke up first, and then in the Batmobile, Jason Blood is still like nursing like something in a coffee cup. You know, yeah. like like Batman handed him like a cup of black coffee to help get over the hangover right, right, while he's right, just right. like fine. And I like it just got me thinking of like, what's Batman's past like? Was he a party girl? Was he was he uh, is he really into that movie? Twenty four hour party people. You know, is he is that the kind of scene he was from? Oh, man. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get to so, the church. So, sorry. Sorry. So. Before we get to the church, though, Jason is explaining the dire situation that they're in right now. And he's like, we will be facing an evil the likes of which you have never seen. Batman just straight up wants to know, what do I have to do to stop rage tonight? And Jason tells him to get the tablet of all, at all costs. But if all else fails and the end is near for me, 
you must repeat these words. And then, boom, right back into the cathedral. We're in the middle of the ritual now. Talia's completing pouring some candle wax onto something. I don't know what, onto another candle, it looks like. I don't yeah. know about summoning rituals, man. I don't have time for that shit. Right. She, st- she steps behind beside her father on the perimeter of a large, well, not really a pentagram, but it's a star painted onto the floor. It's still a kid's comic. It can't really yeah, be a pentagram. Yeah. Hey, hey, a comics code is on the, uh, is on the cover. Yeah. Very tiny, yeah. almost, almost non-existent, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. Rage, standing among the stained glass and crucifix of the cathedral, begins reciting some strange Latin-adjacent language. The small flames from the candles that the henchmen are holding around the circle begin to grow and swirl into the middle of the circle, growing larger and larger into a huge wall of hellfire. Rage is distracted by his success. Behold, he comes, Rage shouts, but a henchman is too close and a massive leathery green hand of a demon grabs a hold of him and this henchman is instantly turned to cinder his skull crumbling to pieces before he's even finished screaming. <laughs> Which, uh, man. Shout out Starkings, who like, the oh, henchman's yeah. screaming, and like, it's regular letter A's, and then they get more and more like, dissolvy as his skull is absolutely destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so good. Oh, that's Perfect just, comics. Yeah. And then we're treated to just a just the most gorgeous splash page of all the full Kirby glory, just a giant demon with ashes of the henchman still falling from his fist as he's just rah, just lets out this yeah, huge yeah, yeah. demonic roar. And he's also this, like he looks this this demon looks like he is straight out of a Kirby book. Like he looks like oh, he should yeah. be fighting the Fantastic Four. I was going to say, I was thinking, I was thinking this whole time, I, I thought that might've been a little kind of little, little wink, you know, a little yeah. like, yeah, eh, 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 eh. hey guys, hey, hey, remember this one? It's like, yeah, man, I remember this one. That's <laughs> yeah, fun. I remember that, that one. <laughs> this is so great. It's so great. <laughs> the demon, Hack, turns towards turns towards the remaining henchmen as they attempt to flee in a panic, but they're quickly squished like bugs, which I I absolutely loved as well, just showing like just how like physically massive this thing is. He just like turns, looks at these fleeing people and just flat. (laughs) Who summons hack? He asks as he towers over Raj and Talia. Raj tells him that his name is Rachel Ghoul, but while I hold this profane tablet, you shall call me master. The demon looks at him and kind of scratches his chin, says he only knows one master, but he'll do his bidding for now. Just then, Jason Blood bursts in and proclaims that you will do nothing save crawl back into the pit that vomited you up. Which so good. Perfect. Pitch perfect comics. A class line, man. So Raj, uh, Raj recognizes his, oh, my old friend, Jason Blood. But he's so sad because he's like, our reunion will be so brief. And he commands Hack to destroy him. 
his giant hand grabs Jason and he's rotting immediately, burning just like the first unfortunate henchman. Talia looks on shocked as Raj looks on pretty pleased and kind of into it. The dude's a freaking sicko, man. Yeah, yeah. Batman swiftly puts a hand over Talia's mouth so she can't alert her father. As Jason blood is being melted with plague and boils just growing on his face, he screams for Batman to recite the chant quickly. And Batman looks up, change, change, oh, form of man. Rage knows where this shit's going. And he attempts to stop Batman with a staff that he had been holding. Batman continues, rise the demon. And Rage is getting closer to him and just, you know, easily just, elbows him straight into the chin and he finishes this finishes the chant etrigan <laughs> and just again just a beautiful jack kirby just etrigan gleefully maniacally burst in front of the uh out of out of the larger demon's fist just laughing yeah. his ass off just yeah having the Full time of his life flash so good so dynamic like bruce tim just having a, a fucking ball yeah it's man just just so and i just i I love the um how how you can i'm I'm working on uh facial expressions a lot like in yeah you know in drawing because i never feel i'm i'm good enough at them you know and to be able to to have yeah and to be able to have this great like just this wide open mouth and be able to like have the corners turned up just slightly so you can also see a smile while like yeah, the jaws yeah, yeah. like d- man that's also so I love the absolute on. guts of like we're gonna do a full page spread and then we're gonna do a double page spread that that yeah. follows it, it's such a Kirby thing because he he would always do these wild swings with double page spreads that were like so fun. Oh yeah. Well, I think I think we brought it up on like when we were talking about panel breaks a while back and you were like, "Hey, young artists, as a colorist, don't do panel breaks. They had, yeah. they, they annoy me." Uh but but and, do, do and, double page spreads. That rules. Yeah. But I think we said if you're Jack Kirby, you can do panel breaks cuz he's Jack oh, Kirby. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jack Kirby can break that panel all fucking issue. We don't, we don't, we don't care. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. yeah. Just then, right after Etrigan just uh, uh, bursts out of the, the fist that was holding a boiling alive Jason blood, Batman takes Raj's staff that he was holding and stabs it, stabs it right into the back of this hack. <laughs> An otherworldly Kirby crackle leaks from Hack's back. Etrigan is pleased. Excellent. The mystic staff has weakened him considerably. Weakened I may be, but I'll still destroy you and your mortal lackey. Hack grumbles. Hellfire rubs from Etrigan's hands like he's hold like like he's holding two Tommy guns. Yep. Which, yep. Again, just wide stance, arms akimbo, but instead of mm. guns, it's just hellfire as he just it just and the force knocks Hack straight through the wall of the cathedral and Etrigan's leaping after him, laughing and promises Hack a real lesson in destruction, jumping right into an epic fight between two hell spawn, which I'm just like, mm-hmm. 
yeah, the whole time I was reading this, I'm like, holy fuck, comics are so much fun. Comics are good. Comics are good. They're so good, man. Back inside, Rosh has gotten a hold of the tablet again. He's taking this opportunity to send Etrigan and Jason Blood back to hell. Batman's having none of it and knocks this old man out with one punch. Mm -hmm. Talia, Mm -hmm. shocked and worried about her genocidal father, slaps Batman across the face. He just stares at her as a single tear runs down her cheek before darting away with the tablet out to the boss-ass demon fight that's going on outside. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Let's get get back to that. (laughs) Yeah, even if you didn't have the tablet, I'd be like, man, there's two demons fighting outside. I want to go watch this. this. Yeah, let's see this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. when when else are you going to see this? Etrigan, I have the tablet. Etrigan gives Batman his props. He's like, hey, good job, mortal. You know? Then he Mm -hmm. commands the plague demon back to hell as he takes possession of the tablet again, and this beautiful swirl of purple and yellow Kirby crackle energy, just being dragged back in with a defeated no. <laughs> After Hack is defeated, Batman asks Etrigan what, do, what we're going to do with the tablet. Etrigan just looks at it, looks at Batman, just snaps the fucking thing in half. Yeah. And he, Etrigan goes, I know blood would have wanted it, but it has caused me nothing but trouble. He tells Batman that it's time for him to skedaddle. So he, he, Batman recites the reverse chant. Rise, rise, the form of man. Gone, gone is Etrigan. A shaken, weak, probably still hungover Jason Blood is back. As Batman helps him to his feet, he looks off into the distance and says, Talia, the girl, Jason asks, gone. I used her father. I I used her to get at her father. She won't be so forgiving next time. As Batman pulls out his grappling hook to swing away, Jason replies, we each have our own demons. And Batman flies off into the night into a blood red sky as Jason looks on. The end. And then, of course, I felt I needed to put this in the script. The final words of the last page just say dedicated to Jack, which yep. like, yeah, of course, like, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, so, this thing what'd is you think? so oh, <laughs> fucking great. This thing is so Jack Kirby up and down the line. Everything that like the wild energy, the big swings, the Kirby crackle, the like a lot of the the posing and dynamic. Um, uh, uh, composition of the panels are extremely Jack Kirby. I would not be shocked if Bruce Tim was lifting some of this, some of these like panel arrangements and, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like dynamic figures from oh, actual yeah. Kirby comic books as, I, as like a roadmap to kind of like figure this thing out. I actually wish that like, especially in superhero comics, I wish that like, Art's weird, right? And one of the things that is uh, great about, to me, that's great about jazz and especially like just sort of jazz traditions is that, you know, there's a book of jazz standards and there's also like other standards that aren't in like the book like itself, but like there are these songs that have been around since 
forever. And a lot of them, people don't even know who wrote them originally, you know, but it's not like the point. It's just that, oh, everybody knows these songs, right? And so you can kind of, you start with like a, a a song that everybody knows when you're playing with someone and then you can kind of riff off into like these other things. And I think it would be, I love stuff like this because like, yeah, there probably was some stuff that he very clearly or very, yeah, uh, uh, cribbed, copied, like whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But I think like stuff like that, especially when you're going for like this like uh, stylistic tribute to Jack Kirby. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Timm's yeah. kind of Jack Kirby anyway, just in his style. Uh, but Sure. A hundred percent. I there's a um in the Batman animated uh book for the show the art book for the show mm. they, they talk about in it when when they were designing Bane for the show that they took a lot of uh inspiration from Jack Kirby in general for the character designs and stuff like that and you when you see the original character designs that Bruce Tim was doing it's like oh fuck like Jack Kirby this is like 75% Jack Kirby you know? yeah yeah. So he's but clearly it, a fan, clearly a fan. Oh, yeah. But I think, uh, and I wish I could remember the guy's name, but I'm kind of ripping this off from like a music YouTuber when he was talking about um, music copyright cases and things like that. And, and he brought up this yeah. idea that like, you know, like in jazz, there's all these albums where like there'll be parts of songs that someone else wrote, even like sort of like current, right? But like, it's just the other artists like using that as a jumping off point and like they're always credited you know sometimes they get like a little bit of like royalty or whatever depending but like they're always just credited and i think that like you know it would just be really cool to see a more common practice of like oh i'm going to lift this kirby panel for like this for this like dream sequence i'm doing in a book right and just like you know just note it you know just note yeah. like yeah. hey uh lifted this from you know, new gods, volume, whatever issue, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. This like, j- like just acknowledge that you did it. And like, but also like, I don't know, there just seems to be this like thing sometimes that I think readers will forget that like, you're not always, there are people who rip people off, you know, but like, you're not yeah. always necessarily trying to rip someone off. Sometimes you just like, might be like, Oh man, like, be really perfect right now to do just like people in movies will be like you know what would be perfect to do that fucking goodfellas one-er shot let's do a goodfellas one-er shot you know sure, it doesn't sure. mean that someone's like unoriginal yeah. you know Could it can just be expand on that a little bit every once in a while i'll see um somebody on twitter mention like oh this figure from this comic is the same figure as this this figure from this other comic from this other artist they're ripping off uh uh you know anatomy or whatever they clearly they're they were rushed and like they're swiping and blah 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 and uh one of the things that one of those swipes went around a while back and somebody was like hey actually both these artists are pulling from a Japanese pose book of superheroes and here is the pose you know it's like you know we're yeah. all trying to like make everything as quickly and as efficiently as as possible because comics are a, a race to the finish line every single issue yeah and you know sometimes stuff like that happens where it's like oh i bought some pose books from japan i'm going to use them like you know for this particular shot that i'm having trouble working out i'm going to try to like draw some inspiration and they might change like the arm or whatever and then fans are like 
oh, it's copying. And it's like, well, not really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not. Yeah. And especially if, it, you know, it's not like it's like the whole book. Right. You know? Exactly. It's exactly. like one it's, scene. It's one thing. It's one thing if I'm just like, hey, I, uh, I'm coming out with a new comic and it's called not the demon Etrigan. And it's, I've just copied the, the demon issue one by Jack Kirby. Like that's don't do that. But like, you know, every once in a yeah. while, like pulling from some inspiration, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's like, I'm sure you could probably find like early, uh, McFarland Spider-Man issues that are like, Oh, that's from like this Neil Adams Green Arrow book, or that's from yeah, yeah. You know, because Todd McFarlane was very obviously like two his biggest influence were Neil Adams and Jack Kirby. Yeah, you you know, like so, so like yeah, yeah. I, I just, I think, I I think the also the important thing is to make it your own. Don't just lift it. And this book, even though, and this is the thing too, is like we're talking about it. Like we know for a fact that Bruce him like lifted this stuff i don't know if he did like he might just be so into jack kirby that he's like i'm just gonna do this like jack and then like yeah did it you know what i yeah. mean like he's he's such an accomplished artist that who knows who knows how the pro what the process was for this Th- this is gonna be a really weird poll but it, it does have and he to makes do it his own this. that was my point he makes oh it his own. yeah yeah but like um, I, I was I was watching this clip of a video of um you know the uh the just because he's a famous personality I really don't know any of the man's like actual music but the DJ uh, Dead Mouse you know yeah. big big mouse big, helmet big head, head yeah, guy. yeah 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 well I, I I saw this video of like this clip of like you know he'll he streams apparently or used to anyway of like him just fucking around in his studio like making songs and stuff and he. And there was this clip of him, like, you know, he's putting together a song and he's getting really into it. And it's like, and he's kind of building it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to add this. And then he's like getting into it. And then you see him nodding his head and he goes, and then he stops and he goes, wait a minute. And then like, he clicks one more thing and turns it up and he just goes, I just wrote Sandstorm. Shit. (laughs) 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 You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like building, building, building. He's like, Oh, it's I, Sandstorm. Oh, that's why I was so into it. Man, Sandstorm rules, you know? <laughs> like there's there's something to be said for that too. It's like, you know, Jack Kirby is is clearly in Bruce Timm's DNA and it's like it's it's especially when you're making something and you're like kind of there's like a this is tough to explain, but it, it, there's like a zen state that you enter where you stop oh, yeah. being like conscious of yourself and you're just thinking about the page kind of thing i've seen this before with other artists and stuff like that where they'll they'll draw something and they'll be like oh shit i like unconsciously lifted that from a childhood comic that i loved that like worked really well right here and i didn't even realize i was doing it you know (laughs) i've i've done that with color schemes like stuff that I've seen where I've been like, yeah, hey, that's pretty good. And then like two years later, I'm like working on a thing and I'd be, I get done with it. And I'm like, Oh, I just did the, the fucking thing I saw two years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it, it does, it does just like, it, it happens all the time because like, you know, <clears throat> I brought up the, um, uh, the, the famous, uh, one, one shot, the, the one from, from yeah. Goodfellas. Right. And it was an amazing shot, but like, 
you know, even Scorsese was like referencing much, much older movies that he loved when he was yeah, a kid. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it was uh from like Wings of Desire or something like that. Some movie from like the the like late 30s or early 40s, right? Yeah. It had this insane like one you know. And so it's like, yeah, like even something that you think might be original, somebody yeah, else right. like I guess right. the problem, though, I was just thinking art, of it when you were. Art just like art builds on the shoulders of previous artists. Like, yeah, we're it just all you cannot make art in a bubble part. OK, so maybe this is a, a, a little personal, but I uh, when I first started working for Marvel Comics and. I was like, I was like, I've made it, you know. I, and then I was like, I worked so hard to get there that like once I was there, it was like a dog that caught a car. It's like, didn't know what to do kind of thing. Yeah. That, that whole thing. So I was kind of like, I kind of got um, a little depressed with it. And I think that my problem was uh, now looking back, my problem was, is that I was so determined to break into comics and I was working so hard to get there that I stopped reading comics. I stopped looking at art. I was just like doing my own thing every day, which I think that you need to do a little bit. You need to like pour yourself in when you're, especially when you're starting. But there's a point where you've like isolated yourself in a bubble and you're in this like recursive loop of like, you're just talking to yourself. And I don't think that's great for an artist to do like mentally or for the work. Yeah. Um, you really need to like be inspired, be part of a community, like pull from other artists, like, and, and not even like, not just read comic books, but also like take in all kinds of other art. Cause you don't know what kind of like stuff's going to inspire you. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 when fans get really nitpicky about, especially about like swipes and stuff like that, I'm like, you guys gotta let this thing go. It comes from a place of like, I've never made anything and I want everything to be original and they don't understand. It's like, oh, everything is derivative of everything else. Like nothing is made in a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's the same thing happens with, uh, with comedy fans where they, they'll constantly try to catch out other like stand up comedians for like stealing jokes or something like that. And it's like, yeah. And like half the time it's like, yeah, sure. Cause of course, just like with swiping, it's like, yeah, of course there are like, you know, uh, nefarious kind of like, yeah, you know, there's bad actors and in, in that, that kind of thing. group, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but more often than not, like in, like in stand up, a lot of times what happens is someone will be like, Oh, th this person uh, told the same joke uh, two years ago. It's like, yeah, man, it's a pretty common thought. Y you know, it's just common right. thoughts. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like why so many stand-up comedians in the '80s joked about airline food because they were flying all around the fucking country and they were on airplanes yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. like it's not one didn't steal from the other. Like it's why they all have stories about like the road yeah. or something like that because like they're all we on the fucking road. Like. We brought up um, in the previous pod, we talked about uh, uh, Maddie, who works at the, uh, does the Watchtower videos. Um, yeah, yeah. With, what up, uh, Maddie? A couple other people. Yeah. And I remember, I love the Watchtower videos, by the way. They're fantastic. They go, they deep dive into uh, BTAS stuff. If you're into Batman the Animated Series, like Watchtower on YouTube, look it up. Um, 
my point is this, is that sometimes they go so deep that like, they'll be like, is this a reference to this? And I'm like, no, it's just a good arrangement of shapes. You know, <laughs> like you're, you're yeah. so in the, you're so in the weeds and they will admit this too, that like, you're, you're so granular at this point that it's like, this is just a, a great arrangement of shapes. And so a couple of different artists with a lot of time at the drafting table came to the same conclusion that it's a great arrangement of shapes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like people, like, it's like when people talk about like, like Renaissance art, right. They'll be like, Oh, was there uh what what made it so that these these painters suddenly started painting so much more realistic and all these values and blah 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 and like it must have been like because the classical Greek things like some came back and it's like well no paint got better that it's, it's got, that's what paint got uh, honestly like the yeah. like I mean there's there's obviously a bunch but like it was mostly just that at that point in time in the Renaissance oil paints became a thing that they became a thing like, and yeah, they yeah, just yeah. got, it, it got so much better to work. And the artists were, were suddenly Partly. like, Oh, Holy shit. I can, I can start, uh, really, really, really layering and blending this. God damn. Look at, look at this, uh, subtle, Jason, look at these subtle like colors I can get. Like, I love the idea of re- like a Renaissance artist being like, Holy shit. God damn. Look at this blending, by the way, <laughs> first of all, second of all, uh, I feel like, I feel like we're talking a little bit in circles, but I do want to ask hmm. you, how much Jack Kirby have you read? Um, I've read, a, I've, I had read a decent chunk of like the original Fantastic Four here and there. Not the, not yeah. the full because I, I, I haven't found like a full edition, like reprint of were the you, original Stan and Jack up, runs that like. Were you picking up those like, uh, phone book sized, like essential fantastic four stuff that Marvel was putting out in black and white. You remember those? I do. And no, I never picked those up because like a lot of the art in those, I never felt it was, I, I felt that like some of the more, uh, sort of like simplified, uh, stuff. I mean, you know, like Kirby or like, uh, um, I always pronounce his name wrong. Busima. um, Busema. A little Busema. Busema? Yeah. Yeah. Sal Busema. You know, like the when those guys were drawing those things, I think uh I think in a lot of their like uh detail, they left quite a bit out that they might not have otherwise, because they were just like, oh, there's just gonna be color on this. And so I oh, think yeah. a lot of time the thing that always turned me off about the black and white reprints is be, it makes the art look too busy because the original artist was expecting something else to be there. And then now you're sure. taking that away. Sure. And so it, it would just get like really muddy. Um, but I had, I have read a decent, uh, a decent amount of um, the, the new gods stuff. It was the, the, the new gods oh, were yeah. really like, yeah, but, but, but that was also um, kind of a later, um, later Kirby for me, like Kirby for me when I was a kid was more that like, I knew all the artists that I loved really loved him and so i was like mm-hmm. all right and so i would always like check him out and it made me start noticing like just how influential he was you know it made me start seeing yeah. him everywhere right. um but I, I i sadly haven't been um as as big of a comic book guy as i like to say i am i i, I haven't i don't have a chunk 
uh, I don't have a shelf of Kirby. I should have a shelf of Kirby is what I'm saying. We should all, we should all have a shelf of Kirby. I, I was about to say the same thing. I've only read, so I came to Kirby very, very late. I was late thirties, early forties by the time I like really came around on him. And the reason I came around was because I was drawing my own comics, trying to get back into drawing again and was really struggling to get dynamic figures. And then I was like, you know who does dynamic figures? I'm just going to like inhale some Kirby and like figure it out. And so I read um, all of Kamandi, The Last Boy on Earth. And yeah, yeah. Jason, that book fucking rules. I am, I am begging you as a listener, please read Kamandi. It's so good. It's yeah. so bonkers. They, they came to Jack with like, hey, Planet of the Apes is making a lot of money. It's the 70s. It's DC. He's at DC. He's left Marvel at this point. And they're like, Planet of the Apes is making a lot of money. Can you do something like that? And he like was like, eh, I guess. And then like came with this wild riff on Planet of the Apes that is just so fun. It's so over the top. There's an, a fantastic like Superman uh, issue in there where they like Ooh. worship who like Superman from the past as like this, this like being, you know, and not only that, have you read Kamandi? No, I haven't actually. I oh shouldn't. man. My favorite part is that, uh, there's a group that builds a gun that fires a sonic sound that destroys rubble, but they load it with the uh, White House Nixon Watergate tapes. <laughs> and so it fires Watergate at, at like buildings and stuff and so knocks them down. It's, I, I might be misremembering. I read it a while back, but it's like, I, I know there's a Watergate gun <laughs> in, in Kamandi. And I was like, Jack Kirby, you fucking did it again. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> this happened to literally be on the bookshelf. Uh, next to me you can't uh, yeah. no one else but nick can see this but it's an an old issue of uh the kirby uh the collected uh jack kirby silver uh, surfer galactus stuff uh well it used to be a a magazine called the it's it's a magazine oh you know, okay it's just all, it's like a kirby all, magazine yeah yeah way way back in the day there used to be i think it was quarterly uh yeah the collected it, it's the collected jack kirby collector i think it was yeah it was a collection of old zines and, and oh, stuff. that's rad that's uh, rad yeah because because um, if there's man i uh so i read a little bit of the demon before jumping into this i read the first issue jason it is absolutely bonkers i want to talk about it for a second because it's kind of like related to what we just read and talked about all right um it is hack show up. No, hack did not show up. However, yeah. like it starts in, in King Arthur's court and like it's being assaulted by uh, uh, a witch Morgana, I believe. I can't remember. But so it's King Arthur's court is dissolving and like Merlin is trying to get like Etrigan out of there and like Jason blood out of there because they don't want that power to fall into the wrong hands. Um, what? Well, no, I thought I, I was like, I just remembered. I thought Etrigan was like originally Merlin's like demon, like Merlin, like that was like, yeah, yeah. Part He's of, like a part helper. of his backstory. Yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. 
so like yeah merlin like merged like jason blood and etrigan together in order to like let him hide in the world basically um, yeah but jason i'm telling you medieval times and you're picturing something now take that and throw it out the fucking window because jack kirby's drawing it and it's fucking bonkers dude it's just like the most insane designs like it's new gods medieval times it's it's absolutely bonkers and fun and then like jason blood has like people over his apartment at one point in the issue and like they're like looking at all his collection and stuff and and there's a portrait of him by rembrandt and they're like they're like, wait, is that you? And he's like, oh, it's my grandfather. And they're like, it looks a lot like you. Is that a Rembrandt? And they're like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. And they're like, and then they're like, let's put on records and dance because it's the fucking early 70s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just an absolute absurd, wild, fun time. It's this thing in a time capsule, but it's also just like, it's just comics that I would never think to make. And I think that's something that Jack Kirby was really great at was like, he's going to show you something and you're not going to think you're, you're not going to be able to like predict it or think about it. And he's going to take you on a ride and it's going to be a fun time. There's a moment in the first issue of the demon where the witch who took down King Arthur's court's been looking for, you know, Etrigan this whole time. And she's watching Jason blood. Is she watching him through magical means? No, she literally got the apartment next to him and is watching him through a two-way mirror. It's it's so wild. It's so wild. <laughs> I, I I always in in my head I always pictured um, uh, Kirby being kind of from like the tradition of like those guys in the in the in the fifties who would just. You had those writers who would write sci-fi and crime and like other like just the pulp writers mm -hmm. and like they would just like write the equivalent of like eight novels a year, you know, because like they were paid I mean, by word, you know, and not, like and, you're not far off. Kirby's but, like a massive library, like an untouchably oh, yeah. massive library, like modern yeah. modern comic uh, creators cannot do the page count that Kirby's doing. He is one in a million when it comes to that stuff. We have not oh, had, yeah. as far as like, as far as just raw page count, published page count, we have not had a anyone come close to Kirby in a long, ever, ever. Maybe never again. Yeah, the, 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 only, the only person I can think of that might like come close just in, just in terms of like, just in terms of consistency, I mean, no shade on this artist, but like, just in terms of like, oh, I always saw him around. Was a uh, uh, mm -hmm. Mark Mark ba Mark Bagley Bagley um, Bagley, yeah, Bagley, yeah. Because yeah, like Ultimate Spider Man, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, and before that, he drew a bunch of other Spider Man books. Forever, D did you know mm -hmm. he was the only one? You know, did you also know that about him? He, he was um, the very first time that uh, Marvel Comics released at one point in the late 80s i think uh they released this uh this book version this taller this bigger version of like how to draw comics the marvel way but it, it, yeah. it included um it was like a contest as well and it, it included like five 
Bristol board pages with an outline of like non-photo blue ink. And it was like, draw, you know, you use this book and like, you know, draw this like uh, this uh, sample story and send it in and like, you know, hey, maybe you'll get a job at Marvel, blah, blah, blah. The only yeah, yeah, one yeah. was him. He was like, that's oh, how he, he got was his the only job. One who got picked. That's how he got picked it, up. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but like, but like, yeah, but even but even that, just like, just being, like, he he wasn't even coming up with the stories, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, he's the only one that comes to mind of like just being like, I would always see him like he'd be like, he'd have like two titles like going at the same time, and then I'd like, oh I'd yeah, yeah, book, he's very, he'd be very like quick. A, yeah, he'd be like a fill in artist on another book. I'm like, shit, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, guys getting yeah. work, you know. But yeah, but no, hey, gotta work, gotta work. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but Kirby like just had that like, it 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 was it was insane uh, that that he had that much in him and that that much will too. Just like, yeah, hey man, I got more. And apparently, till like the day he died, was like, no, 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 I got more. I got more, more. Like, yeah, man, whatever afterlife exists if any afterlife exists i'm cer- i'm positive he is still drawing he is still oh, making yeah. comics yeah oh yeah. yeah man he's just singularly focused for sure yeah just the uh, just beautiful man man now i'm just yeah. now i'm just staring at this collect the this this magazine i haven't read in for forever gotta read your kirby kids kids yeah read read your kirby yeah, and it has oh. like, oh, sorry, I got I got distracted. I got distracted by the Kirby. So, next pod, we're catching up a little bit with the regular continuity. We're not doing any Batman adventures, new issues, but Jason and I are going to break down our top five Batman adventures issues, and I'm I'm putting these guardrails in. No annuals. No mad love, no holiday special. Like it's got to be right. the through and through regular numbers because all those books are bangers and you should get them. You should get this Jack Kirby book. I mean, this Bruce Tim book, this Bruce Tim yeah. Jack Kirby tribute. Like you should get this book. This book is so good. You, you, you know what? I bet, I, bet, I bet Bruce Tim would would uh, would be very happy to be confused with Jack, with Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah, I bet he would. That was a, that probably, was a probably take that as a huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he'd probably take that as a huge copy. He'd be like, oh my, really? <laughs> so uh, we're going to break down our top five high fidelity style, like best best comics in the run. I, I assume there's going to be some overlap, but you never know. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that next pod. But Jason, how yeah. can people get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me uh, at King of Black Acid on the Twitter machine and also at World Second Finest. That's World Second with a two on the Twitters as well, where I try to post and keep some things updated, you know, with the goings on of, uh, of us here at the World Second Finest uh, Corporation. Yeah, I actually uh, tweeted the other day. I was like, 
So I worked a lot. If you listen to the previous pod, I talked about it a little bit. And then I kind of hit vacation mindset. And then like Sunday rolled around and I was like, oh shit, the pod. <laughs> I was like, I got to <laughs> edit that episode. So that one came out a little late. And if you were wondering, if you were like, where's the pod? Why isn't it up at noon? Uh, that is why. And I put the explanation on the on our Twitter, on our shared Twitter up there. So if you are ever curious about the pod or like what's going on with it, you can check it out there. Uh, you can also find me at link Nick Phil like you can find me at linktree.com slash Nick Phil uh, youtube.com slash Nick Phil you can find me a, a discord link on my link tree uh, you can come join me we talk about comics in there all the time uh, come hang out tell me about your favorite Kirby book oh yeah I want to read more I want to read more me too thanks for listening thanks for listening